The trade deadline has come and gone, and the Patriots are sticking with Mohamed Sanu as their big move. Was that the right decision? Let's figure it out. I'm Alex Bart. This is Evan Lazar. You're watching Patriots Press Pass from Gillette Stadium. Evan, are you surprised the Patriots let yesterday come and go without a trade? They did change kickers, yeah. but no trade. No, I'm not surprised, and I think that... Listen, there was no fireworks on trade deadline day, but the Patriots already made their trade deadline move. Right. It was Mohamed Sanu. So I don't think it's fair to sit here, not that you said this, but just in general, it's fair to sit there and say that they didn't make a move at the deadline because yeah. they did make a move at the deadline. It was just last week. And really with the salary cap situation, the way that it was, Bill Belichick said it yesterday on his conference call. They just simply didn't have the cap space to go out there and be aggressive and go trade for a big name player. So there really wasn't that move to make for them. They were kind of bargain shopping and I just think that some of the deals that they might have had on the table or might have had calls or yeah. conversations with teams on, the asking price was just way too high. And I just really quick want to give props to Patriots fans for this because yeah. there's a narrative. It's mostly a baseball thing, but yeah. it does exist in football sometimes when injured players come back right after the trade deadline yeah. and you hear that's the trade deadline acquisition, yeah. right? That's a common thing with the Red Sox. Right. We didn't hear that about Nikhil Harrier or Isaiah Wynn. There's a separate video on those guys coming back, by the way, if you want to check that out, clnsmedia.com. But we didn't hear that from Patriots fans at all, not one bit. So Patriots fans, I am very proud of you. Well, I'm very proud of us. Well done. Uh, yeah, I think that those are pretty big acquisitions, though, right. to and, be and fair. I think that leads into the question of yeah. how much of those guys coming back do you think impacted the Patriots deciding to sit this yeah, one out? Yeah, I think I think bigly in a lot of ways. I think adding another receiver was kind of off the table because yep. Belichick did mention that we can't have 10 receivers on the roster. Right. When he was asked about Josh Gordon and that whole situation, he did go to that as kind of a line of saying, listen, we can't have eight guys at that position. We can't have eight guys at one position. So Nikhil Harry, you add Muhammad Sanu, you bring Nikhil Harry back. It is a numbers game at some point. Now, yep. obviously, you want to get as many talented players on your roster as possible and fill holes but at some point in time you do have to make it a numbers game this edition of patriots press pass is brought to you by keeps.com if you want to take the first steps against hair loss visit keeps.com slash garden for your first month free that's keeps k-e-e-p-s slash garden for your first month free now, there was a lot of hype going yeah. on yesterday. Ultimately, it didn't amount to much. Akib Tlaib, the only trade, and he goes to Miami. One trade. I, I, there was a lot of chatter. Right. Well, there, there, there was one, one the day before. You had the yeah. Jets and Giants making sure. their first ever trade. But ultimately, a lot of big names were thrown around. Yeah. Nothing happened. Yeah, and I really think that this market got crazy for the sellers. The sellers were a asking prices across the league. It really started with the Sanu and Sanders trades. Sanu lands a second-round pick back for Atlanta, and that just set the bar. Guys like A.J. Green, for instance, if he, I don't think A.J. Green was going to be moved in the first place, but even if they wanted to get something for A.J. Green, it was going to have to be a first-round well, pick. Do you think it's possible? I was thinking about this. Yeah. Bill Belichick and everybody said he overpaid for Sanu. I don't necessarily no. think it was an overpayment. It I was, think he gave up more than he needed to, but I don't think it was an overpayment. Yeah. But is it possible part of the reason he did that is to set that market, and by giving up that second, which he can afford to give up, yeah. he maybe prices some of his competitors out of the market. Yeah, that might be some of it. That might be some of the, like, the CIA spy tricks that, that Belichick that, does. That's chess versus checkers. I yeah. think that would fit in his MO perfectly. I, I think it's possible, but I think what's more 
plausible is that there wasn't a ton of wide receivers that were actually available on the right. market and Sanu and Sanders were really the two guys that everybody knew were kind of going to be traded before the deadline and therefore the asking price just got driven up teams like Buffalo Green yep. Bay were in on uh, those guys the Niners and the Patriots obviously a lot of contenders looking to add another weapon were in on those two players and it really brought the asking price up a lot very high especially for guys you know we can get to a few more names that the Patriots yep. might have made calls on but it just it seemed like the market was just all in favor of the sellers because the buyers were very few of them and they were all contenders that were just kind of looking to make big splash moves and speaking of big big splash moves we have to talk about the new york jets in the day they had yesterday yeah first off they try to trade Le'Veon bell for the second time this season and this goes back to something i ranted about in the offseason they fire mike mcgagnon after the draft after free agency he leaves the coach with players he doesn't want Bell has seen less and less usage every week, only had 12 touches last week in the loss to Jacksonville. That situation isn't going anywhere good. And then on top of that, Jamal Adams, I understand taking the call. I understand picking up the phone. But this is a guy who has the potential to be a franchise-altering player on the defensive side of the football. There are not many of those in the league. He actually, until yesterday, enjoyed playing for the organization, wanted to stay there, wanted to be locked up. But all of a sudden, by letting it get out that you took this call... It's in his head now that he can go back and play for his hometown team, whether it be this offseason, whether it be when his contract's up, whenever. And I just think that's super dangerous. We see this all the time. Players sound happy in a place. There's one trade rumor, and then all of a sudden they want to get out because they see what's on the other side. And I think by, again, I understand taking the call, but by letting it get out, by letting it leak out, by letting Jamal Adams find out that the Jets took a call from the Cowboys on him and actually considered the offer, I think that starts a clock on Jamal Adams in New York, which is a horrible, horrible thing for the Jets because I would argue even above Sam Darnold, Jamal Adams is the best thing the Jets have going for them right now. It's horrible, but I think their first mistake was talking to Dallas because information gets out of Dallas yeah. easier than any yeah. other team in the league. So as soon as they were got the Cowboys involved, that was leaking. There right. was no chance the Cowboys were keeping that under wraps, especially an organization like that that wants to let their fan base know we're trying to make that yeah. splash move. We're trying to get over the hump. So Dallas was going to leak that out no matter what. Now, I, I agree with you 100% on everything that you said about Jamal Adams, but for the Jets... If they can get multiple first-round picks back for Jamal Adams, and that's a high asking yep. price. I don't know if they can get that. But if they can get that, what they then maybe you do start to think about it because in the next year or two, they are going to have to pay Jamal Adams right. $10-plus million a year to be on a team that's probably not going to win for another four or five years in a you know in terms of making it right. to the playoffs. I think that this season for the Jets, a lot of it had to do with Sam Darnold, of course, sure. and him going out with Mono. But a big part of it was is that they overrated the talent that they had on their roster are going into the season they thought they were going to be in a playoff contention well, and, and, and they're again, just not it goes back to mcgagnon and they had to fire him yeah. he was a disaster of a gm yeah he was but to do it on may 15th yeah on may 15th after he's built your roster yeah. through the draft and free agency and yeah. then handed over to gase who was yeah. verbally opposed to a number of the moves they, yeah. they fired mcgagnon on gase on was may- right gase didn't want to pay no, Le'Veon gase was right. and he i'll was tell like, you this to pay they fired mcgagnon on may 15th yeah the original Le'Veon Bell trade rumor started on May 17th. Yeah. It took him 48 hours. Yeah. So Cause, well, because Gase never wanted him to begin right. with. But, and I don't blame him. He didn't want to pay a running back that much money. It's you know it's simple economics. The point being, and it ultimately goes up to Woody Johnson, as most of the Jets problems yeah. do. The point being that this wagon the Jets had supposedly built 
No. That's falling apart very quickly. Yeah. All right. So that, that's that's just some thoughts from yeah. the trade deadline, some leftovers. This edition of the Patriots Press Pass has been brought to you by Keeps.com. To take the first steps against hair loss, visit Keeps.com slash garden for your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash garden. For Evan Lazar, I'm Alex Barth. Thanks for watching.